Hello, listeners. It's your old friend Paul Salt here. You, you've got something on your... Just, just there, just next... There you go. Wonderful. I'm afraid this week my colleague Paul Goodman will be unable to join us. He's been kidnapped by Welsh separatists. So, my issue with Attack of the Clones is... Oh no! Welsh separatists! Get a Bevan. I haven't got any of your shoes! Not to worry, though, because before his unfortunate incident, we recorded a quick episode. So please enjoy that now, and with any luck... Paul will be able to get rid of the Welsh separatists and their cardigans. Hello and welcome to One Quick Thing, the podcast we do on the rare occasions when one of us isn't available to watch a terrible movie and talk about it every single week. Uh, it's the uh, third time in uh, 18 months, so yes, we both live very well-rounded lives. <laughs> Yeah, it's not enough to hold a grudge, is it? But it's it's just it's just a few too few times, isn't it? <laughs> to be happy, should be more. Should be more yeah. than that. <laughs> oh, but can can you can you hear that sound? Gore house, gore house, gore house grades. Gore house grades. That's right. It's Mill Creek's Gore House Grades, a compendium of the very best horror films you can get the rights to for free. <laughs> yes, gore house. You say. <laughs> Brilliant. Ooh, I wonder what gore experience we're in for this week. <laughs> well, if the last two are anything to go by, <laughs> there's some real ones. We're in for some head Milton. Well, head Milton? Who's that? <laughs> head Milton. He's the best sound engineer this side of um, the San Fernando Valley. Okay, well, we rolled a dice for it, and Destiny ordained that we must experience today a nightmare in wax. <gasps> That's right. Remarkable, aren't they? So natural, so real, seemingly alive. I'll let you in on a little secret. Some of them are alive. Zombies, frozen in a theater of terror. People puppets, acting on the cues of a madman. Nightmare in Wax. It was Bud Townsend's 1969 film of a screenplay by Rex Carlton, the very last film he wrote before he killed himself due to mob debts. That's what happened to screenwriters back then. Oh, Christ. They smoked, they drank, they gambled, they wrote shit, and then they <laughs> killed themselves due to mob debts or some dame. Nowadays, they just move into production. Aaron Sorkin, we're looking at you. Challenge. <laughs> Come on, we're all waiting. Uh, the film stars Cameron Mitchell, terrible movie extraordinaire. Cameron Mitchell as Vincent, once a man, now a monster. He did fabulously terrible work in Deadly Prey. 27 years in the filth and the dirt of the street, and there ain't no music down there. You watch the people in the streets killing, raping each other, pumping dope through their veins while big men like you sit in the fancy penthouses. Today, the nobodies who made you rich are gonna win. Die, you son of a bitch. Uh, Terror in Beverly Hills. Get a trace on the location of the call, Lenny. We'll put a trace on it. Harder! A super trace! Give me that damn phone! Get a fucking super trace! And of course, Space Mutiny. In this one, he wears an eye patch. I couldn't find any proper critics' reviews, obviously. <laughs> but there's certainly a smattering of public disappointment. <laughs> uh, Sarah P., a super reviewer at Rotten Tomatoes, um, said, I wouldn't watch this again. The best scene was the 60s go-go dancers. And that wasn't scary. <laughs> a little scary. All those tasseled breasts swinging yeah. about the place. I think it depends on what decade you saw it. 
Ah, so Paul, you wax dummy. Hello. What's one thing about Nightmare and Wax that made you wish it was all a dream? Oh, fuck. Oh no, you just spoiled it for for me. (laughs) I hadn't watched it yet. I was planning on watching it in between you saying that and me giving you the answer. (laughs) Fuck. Well, the thing is, Cameron Mitchell does look fucking great in a turtleneck and eye patch combo. <laughs> He's rocking that eye patch turtleneck combo we've all known and loved. All right, well, what is? let's find out what he does with that turtleneck and eye patch. Tell me about the events of the Nightmare and Wax. Okay, well, it starts off with a blind man played by John Lithgow walking into a room full of drunk actors. He, he's actually, uh, his name is Max. He's a movie producer yeah. who uh, just doesn't take off his sunglasses. <laughs> he won't do it for you. He's not going to do it for the socialists. Yeah, for any fucker. Fuck all of yours. He's a man's man. Blind John Lithgow, he's proposing a toast to the... Two stars. Couple du jour. Yeah, two stars who are fucking. And uh, they're, <laughs> they're getting married and they're also in some really good films or something. They're going to legitimise their fucking. One of them is Marie Morgan and she's lovely. And the yeah. other one is Tony Dean and he's lovely. And, <laughs> Tony uh, Dean. Tony. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I'm Tony Dean. In the new film, Tony Dean speaks the truth. <laughs> Look for me in my new film, Tony Dean races. <laughs> yeah, so um, for those performances, he's snuck up on in first person and jabbed with a syringe. Oh no, not at the party. It's later. <laughs> no, uh, well, no. <laughs> well, thank you very much, uh, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Oh, Tony, brilliant. <laughs> Just method to the end. Classic Tony. He goes home without his fiance because back in the day, people knew how to act correctly. <laughs> they each went to their parents' homes and uh, waited anxiously to be wed. Yep. The police astutely noticed that this is the third boyfriend of this chick who's fucking mysteriously gone missing, but also like the fourth consecutive star of this particular production company. Yes. So they think maybe we should check with. The only boyfriend of hers that hasn't gone missing, who also used to be a star of this place before he was mangled by its head director. Yes. He might be a suspect. So they go check out Becaped. What? Cape. <laughs> Capey McEyepatch. <laughs> Capes McScarface. Oh, him. He's, he's harmless, they say. <laughs> he's a pillar of this community. Um, so they go in and question him, and, and they're like, yeah. well, what do you think? And he goes, and tell you what I think. I think it's anyone other than me. And both policemen go, yeah, that's a pretty good theory, actually. Let's go with that. And then we have a flashback. We're treated to a flashback where... He is the boyfriend of Marie. Of course, he is the boyfriend of Marie. And he's asking her to tell Max, blind John Lithgow, even though he is blind, you're going to have to break up with him because um, yeah. you're my best gal. And <laughs> she does that. And then what blind, li- blind John Lithgow does is... Well, he hesitates for about three seconds, and then he just fucking throws his brandy in his face. Well, it's wine, I think. Oh, is it? <laughs> Some, oh. It's the most flammable brand of wine available commercially, <laughs> because it immediately sort of sends him, it turns him into a body double who jumps for a pane glass window, because it's all they know how to do in reaction to any situation, and lands in a pool, but by then he's got Scarface. Ooh. He's got a big old, like, shiny melt face. It looks like a pizza. He has got a shiny melt face. He used to be the, the makeup artist yeah. of this productions. Paragon Productions? Something like that. Oh, yeah. He used, he used to be the not makeup Renegade artist. Productions. It's not Renegade Productions. It's not Renegade Productions. That's a whole different firm with way yeah. more killer wax people in it. But yes, he retired and now he makes wax figures, even though we never see him like yep. present them to the public or anything. You have to understand at this point that he must be the best fucking wax guy in, <laughs> in the entire world. People take a look at his wax works and cannot tell the difference between wax. <laughs> wax and humans 
a dead this human. Is, this is crucial to the integrity of the story. I just had to point that out. They question Marie, and uh, Marie learns from them that Vinny's making Vinny is making a waxwork of Tony of Tony uh, Dean, her dead boyfriend, Tony Dean. Yeah, of Tony Dean. <laughs> in I'm a waxhead. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah. After she tells the police, well. Vincent was entirely normal, mm. although he did have a searing hatred towards Max and his production company immediately after the accident. <laughs> yeah. And the detectives are just like, this is a hard case. <laughs> this is a pickle. Oh, who could have done it? <laughs> Somebody's bumping off people, yeah. all in some way related to Cameron Mitchell and his hatred of this company. <laughs> Cameron Mitchell's collecting wax figures that look uncannily similar to the people who've gone missing. It's a right old conundrum. Yeah. But Max, Max shows up and he asks her to be in a film uh, because that's that's what he does. Yeah, so Max is like, come on, you've got to be in a movie. And then Vincent shows up and it's like, oh, Vincent, what did you tell her? Look, she's got to yeah. be in a movie. Come on, old mate. Oh, sorry about the burnt face thing. <laughs> uh, but tell her, go on. And he just sort of stares him down in his Cameron Mitchell way until he leaves. And it is it is a way. It's definitely a way. <laughs> At that stage, is that when we cut to the 60s dancing girls? No, not yet, my friend. I know you want to get there. Oh, but uh, <laughs> oh, I love it so. But um, no, this is the stage where she's like, Vincent, I'm so glad you came. Yeah, maybe we maybe we can discuss our issues. Sort of have a bit of a reconciliation. I know I was a bit of a dick and, you know, and I know your boyfriend set fire to my face. But maybe we can maybe we can have a word about things and really get to the bottom of it. That sounds great. Yeah. I need you to give me your wax duplica of, of Tony Dean, uh, who was a much, much better lover than you. Because it was different. You never really matured, but with Tony, oh, it was special. Sell the soul to the devil if I could have him back. I mean, we were we were fine. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> we were okay, but yeah, Tony Dean. But Tony Dean. Let me tell you about Tony Dean. Golly gosh, couldn't sit down, walk straight. <laughs> you, um, it's like getting a foot rub <laughs> by a child. Yeah, <laughs> by a weak child with no hands. <laughs> I beg a child. Yeah. He was asleep. <laughs> His parents didn't love him. And he's not from even from this country. So <laughs> that's what making love with you was like. <laughs> it was like a fucking child aid advert. Anyway. <laughs> meanwhile, back at the museum, there's spooky goings on, which is freaking out the comedy. Um... Oh, yes. no, they do show him showing him to the public. Oh, yeah. There is, I mean, there is an actual wax museum. Yeah. He's showing them around. There's a Rudolph Valentino thing there. And. You've got you've got your comic yeah. relief. You've got your Tom Green good. of this movie um, showing people around the yes round round the waxworks. <laughs> in between whacking off the wax horses, he's noticing that eyes are moving yes. in the waxworks, and that's when I think it's revealed to us, the audience, that what he's actually done, rather than kill people and immerse them in wax, is he's hypnotized them. Do you know what? Actually, it's it's kind of it's hinted at after he gets off the phone with Marie when she invites him to um to dinner because because Tony Dean starts calling out for Marie. <laughs> And he, take, he takes off the blanket of the wax head that, of Tony Dean that he's been working on. It is not a wax head. It's a real head. And Tony Dean is, yeah, he's all mangled up. Um, <laughs> Somehow. So he injects him again. Killed him with an injection. Um, I don't know how he got mangled up. He fucking brought him over on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't notice that his head was sticking out the window. The number of times. He <laughs> just kept dropping him. <laughs> the, the the tour guide, the Tom Green character, he's... Um, he, he goes into Vinny. He plays this off as, uh, well, maybe the tour guide is uh, is a drunkard. And he's like, well... <laughs> I am a drunkard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic. I am a I drunkard. Am s- it's a fine line, sir. Gee, I sure am drunk right now. <laughs> so... Gee, mister. Well, I guess you're right. Gee, willikers. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he's essentially convinced that because he's a sot, he's not, yeah. you know, he can't be trusted. And Because he's an irredeemable drunk, yeah. <laughs> he can't trust his own senses. Right, meanwhile, in the 60s, because we do now cut to the T-Bones. Bones? Sure. Yeah, the T-Bones. And they're dancing girls. It's very Austin Powers for a bit. <laughs> and what a sight that is. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> sincere, legit stuff here from a film made in the 60s. Every woman is tasseled and every man is, pursu- is suited and with an eye patch. <laughs> it's fully clothed. <laughs> it's, it's fully clothed. Even their faces are covered in case they're mistaken for private parts. But the women, <laughs> any seen them? <laughs> look at those. Look at those abs. God. Look at those 60s abs. Look at didn't get those going to the gym. Yeah. And so, so after a... A four and a half minute sequence of five <laughs> ladies dancing. After four minutes of shooting a local go-go club in order to have a little bit of production value in this fucking thing. Um, yeah. It transpires that Cameron Mitchell's gone to this club in order to try and find um, Casey Affleck, uh, d- doctor from fucking Brain Twisters, who's stampeding around the place. But failing that, he decides that what he's going to do instead is pick up the girlfriend of Max. Yes. Which he does using his sexy, sexy voice and words. <laughs> oh, Benny, when you talk like that, I blush. Blush? Yeah. Other men talk okay. But you, I blush. Because if yes. there's one thing I've noticed, is that women love someone who's verbose. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to take your word for it, mate. He just used the word on onomatopoeia. Oh, I bet he could even spell it too. Oh, gushing. <laughs> so, yeah, he he manages to seduce her, and it's just like, bring Max by me wax museum. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> sure, Mister. At that stage, somebody gets on the phone with um, Marie and says, "Look, I know you don't want to act because you're still grieving over the loss of your beloved Tony De- Tony Dean." Um, <laughs> Tony Dean. What Tony Dean? <laughs> what if we shot the film at a wax museum so that you could play off of a wa- a creepy wax dummy of your recently missing partner? Oh, earlier on, I think Max says something to her that's like, "Um, look, I know it was a tragedy, but it's been 3 months." Yes. <laughs> It's more Come than on. enough time. It took me less than 10 minutes to get over setting fire to Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> she agrees. The blonde girlfriend. The yeah. girl, the, yes, the blonde girlfriend chick whose name I'm pretty sure is Teresa. Sure. She brings Max to the wax museum as agreed. Um, and he's like, oh, he doesn't like me very much. I did set fire to him once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's always awkward, you know? I, I never know. Like, he says it's fine. Yeah. He always says it's fine, but it's very uh, modest. You know, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to start a conversation. Cause it's because you look at you look at the face and you always think, uh, uh, you know, back to when I threw the. Yeah, uh. I never stop screaming when I see him, and I think he finds that uncomfortable. Yeah. So I mean, really, it's his yeah. problem, but <laughs> he's at the door at this stage. <laughs> he Vincent's in front of him at this stage. I mean, it is his fault, but and then he lets him in, and he goes, Vinny, and he fist bumps him and uh, gives him a hug, and he's like, "Have you got any pills I could take?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry about the burnt face. Any food lying around that I haven't seen that I wasn't I didn't see prepared that I could just eat anything. I'll take it. 
Yeah. Anything? Great, you. Um, just... So, so he, he goes in, and they they look. He's made a head of Teresa, and She's... it's very lifelike. He's a very good waxman. It's like it's like a human. They, yes. they say, brilliant. Yeah. It's almost as if he didn't need to murder people and cover them in wax. Yeah. He just well, likes I think it. that artistic merit isn't his his sole motivation. <laughs> <laughs> I must make these better. <laughs> Exactly. At any cost. It turns out that he has drugged the wine that Max drank. He he gets all woozy, so he puts him in a chair and then he goes, Listen to me, you fucking piece of shit and and Teresa's just <laughs> looking on smiling and he's like, I've got a vendetta, <laughs> you so see. Verbose. A vendetta and uh he just he shouts vendetta. Who are you trying to get revenge against? I can't remember at this stage. It was either you or Marie or possibly Jimmy <laughs> Dean. I Tony Dean. Yeah. I don't know. But a the point is, you're getting waxed, mate. I'm going to wax you up good. And um, But before <laughs> he does that, he then goes over to Teresa. Anybody, what are you going to do with me? Kill you. Yeah. It's one of yeah. my favourite lines of the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's it's fantastic. And then he he chases her and he's he's going, I want you to scream. I want you to scream. And then it basically he, he catches her and then kills her. And he's like, I just wanted yeah. you to scream. And she did scream. Yeah, she was screaming An quite awful a lot. lot. She screamed the entire time that he was chasing her, and he's holding a dead body going, I just wanted you to scream! Not loud like, enough that the two fucking cops who were immediately outside heard, but... No. Yeah. But she... I, I mean, I'd call it a scream. I've, was, I've yeah. seen a few in my time, and... Uh, Wait, now, if Tony Dean was chasing this chick, then you'd get a scream. Oh, Tony Dean. He's brilliant. Tony Dean in Scream. <laughs> Imagine Tony Dean in Scream. Welcome to Tony Dean's World of Scream. <laughs> Where's Craven's Tony Dean Scream? <laughs> Screaming. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, that's a Tony Dean scream. They run away. He runs away with Teresa's body in order to lead the cops on a on a chase because mm-hmm. he's pretending to be Max. Um, yeah. He race off. And so that'll be the last time anyone saw him, not entering into a wax museum, but speeding off into the night whilst being slightly taller, with an eye patch, a bit stockier. <laughs> yes. Classic Max. He's always changing height, weight, and eye patch usage. <laughs> but she shows up. Yeah, So and, and he's like, oh, I, c- I could do your face if you want. And she goes, great, just get in this box. And he goes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> and she's like, oh, brilliant. Am I going to be in here for long? Eternity, my dear. Well, now you're in the box. It's like, oh, really? No allusions to. I'm gonna turn you into a wax. Yeah, zombie. really, no allusions to goodness. Here. It's just, well, you're in the box now, so. Boo. <laughs> Fortunately, though, the oh, what's his face? Tom Green. Tom Green comes back in because he's seen not only the female waxwork blink, he's seen one of the others look at him meaningfully, and he goes, "Well, it's off the wagon for you, Nick." He says, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm gonna go get drunk again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck this at least when i'm drunk i can pretend that that's why the fucking wax works are moving now i gotta deal with this yeah. shit <laughs> done i'm done i'm not even getting paid for this <laughs> just do it for the love i can i can tell you exactly how they foil Vinny. um he he, he <laughs> this is, is how you beat Vinny, the final boss of nightmare and wax yeah. He's he's got everyone. Max is in a noose hanging over molten wax uh, <laughs> marie is in a box for all eternity uh, Tony Dean is a zombie against all odds and suddenly Max decides to repeat something that he said to Vinny just before he threw the explosive wine in his face and it's whatever it is is uh, I'm Max John Lithgow 
I can make you tiny to me and something, something, so on. And then he starts laughing and then he keeps laughing uh. and he laughs so much for about 15 seconds that Vincent goes, no, and just jumps in the fucking molten wax, That's basically. Right. Oh, yeah. And then they laugh him yeah. to death. <laughs> they, they, they laugh him to death. There's this clinical killer or clinical controller, I guess, who'd, who'd been so fucking precise in all of his operations. Lucky yeah. that the police had been imbeciles, but had been pretty <laughs> cool, calm and collected. Just loses yeah. it fucking completely when this guy starts laughing at him. And that, that's it. No one's ever done it before. No one's laughed at him. If you, oh, if only I'd have laughed at him. It just wasn't that funny. <laughs> and then it's a dream, as spoiled yeah. earlier. Bastard. <laughs> then he wakes up because oh no i just bad writing looks like they northed it for me yeah he gets a phone call (laughs) to say hey it's marie i'm gonna i am gonna tell max that we're gonna be together and everything's gonna be fine yay but he might have gone mad now oh he probably went mad because of the dream which is what happens and (laughs) which is what happens in the film yeah with dreams but it's not even that he um he didn't wake up with a disfigurement or anything and it wasn't like oh i've learned my lesson i'm i'm tony (laughs) dean now and i'm gonna be nice to everyone it was just he was fine yeah, fuck it. Thanks, everyone. Bye. The end. An RKO picture. Unfucking believably. <laughs> Nightmare in wax. Frightening. <laughs> Diabolical. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, that was that was the nightmare in wax. Yeah. What would you make of that? Well, do you know what? Let's wax lyrical. About. Oh no. no. Oh dear. About the nightmare. Yeah, I better not wax on. Yeah, I better not be too waxy about it. <laughs> let's not wax and wane. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not eat. Wa- I don't know wax metaphors. Leave me alone. <laughs> it teaches that in school. I believe you're about to say something nice. Yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part because it, I mean it was hey. silly. It was it was yeah. crap. And I mean the dream, the the only good thing about the dream, yeah, you know the 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 northing of nightmare and wax. Was um that it explains why the policeman was a fucking idiot, <laughs> and it, like yeah. it, it just in one sweep it explains all the problems I had with the plot and suspension of disbelief. <laughs> so I, I'd, I'd I'd written a few things like he's not very good at hiding his emotions when he's questioned by the police. It's so yeah. incriminating every time he's asked something. <laughs> um, like it's so and it's so unbelievable that he would that anyone would mistake a human being for a waxwork. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen pictures of Madden Two Swords. It's not that good. <laughs> and, you know, just the, the way everything's, everything plays out is it's a dream. So it's fine. There's no uh, there's no actual plot holes because <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> we learn anything from Inception. Good news. <laughs> so things don't have is to it, make sense. Eh? It's not a dream. It's a crazy madhouse of Christopher Nolan's making. Yeah, the, the detectives actually represented my only real problem with the film is, is that we do spend quite a bit of time with them. And they are very yeah. boring, and they are trying to figure out what the audience already knows. It's just a lot of them yeah. in a car being like, who could the killer be? Whilst the previous <laughs> scene had Cameron Mitchell literally inject Tony Dean in the eyeball with fucking hot wax. Really, the film was better was best when it was sort of soaking in the atmosphere with its weird lighting and mist and its crazy fucking Cameron Mitchell performance. You know, just yes. have him. Just have him stalking his victims, taking them down. And the and have what's her name Marie be the main character, and she's you know she's like trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, because the thing is, and it's about the impact on her. Yeah, because the thing is, if you're going to do a, a film like that, you've either got to have it as suspense because we don't know who's doing it. 
Yeah. Or there's, there's got to be. Well, you've got to be really thing. leaning into the the gore house side of things. And yeah, there's an issue with the gore with the gore house great. <laughs> I've been very nice about it and, you know, you've you've been very gracious in letting me watch a DVD, but there's not much gore and there's, there's not even much house in it. <laughs> and as for the grate, well, okay, that's fine. But the yeah. gore in the house, <laughs> not doing it. I'm starting to think about suing this public domain <laughs> distributor. Mill Hill Creek. This is a very cynical attempt to package up some completely fucking worthless, um, what do you call it? Uh, public domain films. Shit. Into a format yeah. that might be yeah. popular with folk. And I think at the point it was released, it was, you know, the Saw movies, it was torture porn. You know, it was that was the big thing. Nowadays, I think it would, it would lean more into the idea of it being spooky and crazy. Yeah, spooky is the word. If, if I had to come up with a title, I think it would just be dot, 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 spooky. <laughs> dot, 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 That's Cameron all... Mitchell sometimes. Yeah, I guess it was just a sort of thriller and a knockoff of... Um, the wax movies that come before it because there is kind of a tradition yeah. of this but there i mean it could have done some really creepy things like syringes are inherently creepy they they really they really scare me <laughs> i was trying to think of a gill my goose especially nowadays when you know syringes could have anything in them <laughs> syringes freak me out like nature freaks you it's out it's going right in you yeah it's right in yeah. you is the thing you know you stab <laughs> stabbed with a knife you might die but if you're stabbed with a syringe, there's a good chance that you're going to get hepatitis or AIDS. Your face and, is going to fall off into your breakfast one day. and uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is unpleasant. Just, and the, the premise is unpleasant. The idea of becoming... I mean, this really needs to be, I have no mouth and I must scream. You know, they must be hmm. sort of weirdly conscious back there. Like, get out! They must sort of, you yeah. know, be something of the people back there behind the vacant stairs. Sort of desperate to try yeah. and escape. They they needed to lean more into the horror than the sort of plodding police procedural. Who done it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the who the the Cameron Mitchell done it. <laughs> That's subgenre. The he done it. Yeah, <laughs> the um, he done it. Because it's also not a why done it. It's not like it's not like the abominable Doctor Fives where we gradually learn what the motivation is throughout the entire film. He tells us in the first flashback why he wants revenge. Yeah, <laughs> and then when you look at the way he interacted with other people, like Marie. Um, Marie was wanted to be with him and Marie wanted him to be okay and she's yeah. like we can do this we can be this together and he's like get away from me I'm gonna, I want revenge instead I want to be an eye patch wearing okay. revengeman <laughs> yeah finally and it's, it's, there's a tragedy there as well yeah and the thing about the police procedural is that it's not even like a, a deadly cat and mouse thing where it's like let's lay this trap and see if he comes into it you know yeah because you, you can make a perfectly good you know police hunt when you know who the killer is silence of the lambs you know where you've shown buffalo bill right at the beginning you can make this movie but it's not like a cat and mouse chase it's just there he is get him yeah exactly. oh, he's gone yeah oh okay guess and we it... didn't get him <laughs> damn this is brain twisters again it's um you remember we we said that that had a really interesting premise and plot it's the same thing there was real strength here mm. and i do think it came out more in this than it did in brain twisters the, the stuff we liked yeah stop putting police procedurals into mm. your plots movies of yeah. that 30 year period <laughs> <laughs> and and when we get to the ending i feel like maybe they just had a, an i like plans for something big plans for actually some massive showdown or something that <laughs> just was well beyond their means <laughs> and when they realized they couldn't do it they went oh let's just north it <laughs> fuck it north it there was a sequel to this called terror at the wax museum which i've not seen but maybe that's just the exact same it's, movie because yeah. he, the dream turned out to be a premonition so it just happens maybe yeah <laughs> This yeah, the twist is this, this one's not a dream. 
He wakes up from the dream, and then it's like, no, this is the dream. Ah! And then he wakes back up in the same way he fell asleep. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Geniuses. <laughs> All right, look, is there, is, um, is there anything to recommend uh, Nightmare and Wax? Would you suggest people check it out? It's only 90 minutes, for one thing. It's all on YouTube. It's, it's, it's only entirety. 90 minutes. It's all on YouTube. And if you've got a nice set of headphones, you can just about turn it up <laughs> to a volume so you can hear the dialogue. <laughs> if, 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 if your thing is watching old budget B-movie horror <laughs> that doesn't go anywhere, then then sure. It's, pretty, it's got some camp value. It's got some Cameron Mitchell. Yeah. Let's quick fire. Cool. Um, I think when he paralyzes Tony Dean... In, uh, in the beginning and he falls into the lift and the, he just keeps closing on him and he's just looking up at uh, at Vincent in just that dead-eyed way. It's really creepy. It is really creepy. Also somewhat funny the way he just sort of keeps glancing at him and then looking yeah. away again. Like, how could you? Hey. Oh no, I'm dead. <laughs> how? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Maybe this time. Yeah. <laughs> and he does fall slow motion in a Garth Marenghi way. There's a lot of Garth Marenghi likeness in this film as well, we haven't said, but... <laughs> I, I thought of it many times. So um, in the, the, the flashback to before the accident, there's a scene between Cameron Mitchell and um, Anne Helm as um, mm. Mary. Mitchell, like, they've got good chemistry before the accident. And Mitchell's, you know, giving it all out. And he's uh, kind of a charming mm. motherfucker. Oh, Romeo, Romeo. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Well, I'll tell you, Juliet, old Romeo, he's out in that there woodshed. Yeah. yeah, and he's hiding his secret love from all them Capulets and Montagues and <laughs> Black Maxes. Oh, darling, he won't be long. I get it. I get their relationship, and it's kind of sad that it that it ends in tra- in wine related tragedy. Yeah, Benny is actually uh, not Benny. Sorry, Vinny is actually extremely charming and very fucking yeah. cool until he gets his face burnt in. <laughs> then he can only seduce um, Teresa-style chicks. <laughs> At one point, she gets impressed by the way he says yes. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> not much hope for her. Glad she's dead. <laughs> the the tall guy, the Tom Green type. I thought he was fucking charming and actually quite funny. Yeah, he 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 made me laugh, especially <laughs> his line. Well, it's back on the wagon for you, Nick. <laughs> now they're all starting to move. Nick's will be talking to me. I gotta have a drink. It's off the wagon for you, Nick. Yeah, he was fun. He felt like a, a holdover of a, a former age of the sort of 1950s B-movies. Yeah, he had a lot going on. The sort of he... gulp. <laughs> yeah. He could he could have been in Singing in the Rain. You know, he had that kind of energy about his performance. Yeah, that's good stuff. The lighting is so good in this movie in so many ways. Um, and that's particularly um, true in the Hello Marie scene where Tony Dean, I think it's Tony Dean, is, you know, he's got his scarred face and he is saying hello, uh, hello Marie over mm. and over again. Oh yeah, Bub style. But before Bub, this is before uh, Day of the Dead. But like he takes, there's a cloth, and you just keep hearing "Hello, Marie." Yeah. Then he takes the cloth off, and lit entirely in blue is this fucking creepy head with scars all over it, saying "Hello, Marie" over and over again until Mitchell injects him with more of his his Mitchell juice. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just yeah, really creepy and sinister. It's like creep show. I loved the uh, the scene where Vinny's pretending to be Max, and he's driving off. Uh, Mr. X. Oh yeah. Um, and he's got he's got Teresa dead in his arms, or in just just like he's got mm. one of his arms around her really roughly, and he's driving and talking to the girl at, at, at the time about you know oh that we're gonna yeah. we're gonna you know stitch him up like a kipper, my love. But she's dead. <laughs> my she's lovely. dead. Like <laughs> your little your chip. She's dead. And <laughs> like wide wide eyed. Just you know, yeah. Just fucking dead. And he's yeah. Really creepily 
just carrying on with this. Yeah, it's a really good expression from her. Yeah. And Cameron Mitchell is just like, <laughs> he's ham completely all the way through this. And it's <laughs> glorious. It is really good. He's he honey mix. roast ham, thickly sliced. I mean, the music the music in general, I thought was pretty great. And the horror music when he's pursuing her is loads mm. of like shrill stings. And then um, he grabs her when he catches her and kisses her. And it turns to sex music. And um, <laughs> for just for the duration that they kiss and... Um, she believes that he's not going to kill him but then he stabs her and the like the sex brass goes like completely shrill like somebody's being <laughs> garroted off stage It's, it's very good. It's very good music. Tyler Bates could have scored it. <laughs> the pinnacle of fucking composerhood. I really like his speech after Marie has asked him to make a Tony Dean for him. Uh, for her. Uh, he gives a speech about how he doesn't want to do it because it will turn her into hmm. a recluse and sort of make her go crazy. And it was, a, wow. it was a good bit of acting, I think, as opposed to a sort of hammy, crazy bit of acting for Mr. Mitchell. Well, I could make you a complete replica of Tony Dean. Tony you could completely retreat from reality. I could make you a total recluse, pretending he's alive, sharing your thoughts, your dinner table, your bed. There's a name for people like that. Because there's a lot going on with him there. He's, Jesus mm. Christ, he's being asked to create a wax replica of a man he has killed for the woman he loves, who loves him more than she loves him. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, and, he's, and he expresses it well. And I think that was like one of the most genuinely good moments of the film. Great. Very cool. Cool. Usually the one quick thing ends here. I'm just yeah. going to add one one better thing. <laughs> well, the one better thing is quite clearly the 1953 film that this is ripping off, uh, House of Wax, mm. starring Vincent Price in his first of many excellent horror films. Um, a brilliant a brilliant waxwork creator is burned alive in his museum by his greedy partner in order to collect the insurance. Uh, only it takes more than that to stop Vincent Price. Uh, he's soon wearing a wax face and murdering people and turning turning them into wax figures. Uh, it's a lavish old Hollywood horror movie that's also campy and fun. Uh, it starts with a stunning fist fight in a burning wax museum. Uh, it's just good fun. Um, it was shot in 3D, and it was hilariously blunt in its use of 3D as a gimmick. You've got a guy with a sort of elastic, uh, a ball on a bit of elastic attached to a bat. I don't right. know what that's called, but he's like smacking it towards the audience like look out there watch out look out for your popcorn there at the back like just towards the fucking screen oh great that's what 3d is james cameron it's a <laughs> cheap joke from the 50s not the future of cinema you hack that was my one better thing what about you paul well paul i was watching this and thinking why isn't this scary and i or, or creepy or haunting in any way and why isn't this going to stick with me and the reason is because it's not the skin i live in by pedro Almodova. oh fuck me yeah <laughs> just watch it there's some real body horror stuff there that makes this film <laughs> yeah. look like nightmare and wax from 1969 yes please see it without knowing anything about it <laughs> because yeah it's a fucking crazy roller coaster of a movie i mean whether you like horror or not this appeals to both camps i think it is yeah. a fully serviceable horror film and has a creepy antonio banderas which is always good yes it's what we like cool and that was definitely two better things <laughs> okay well thank you very much for listening to the one quick thing yep uh we're likely to have one more of these before we get back to regular episodes so 
We'll come back at you with that next week. Where can people find out about us? Yeah, all the usual places, my friends. Twitter, Facebook, follow us on YouTube, Podbean. Go through iTunes or any other good podcatcher. Okay, I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one quick thing about Nightmare and Wax is Cameron Mitchell just injecting anyone he likes. Yeah.